What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, the $900 billion relief bill finally passed. Two of the lawmakers who got it done, Democrat Josh Gottheimer. In a very divided Washington, this is close to a Christmas miracle it's going to get. And Republican Brian Fitzpatrick. There's no question about it. It should have been done months ago. It was not done months ago for all the wrong reasons. What's in the deal, why it took so long, and what Americans need next. Apple is reportedly getting its passenger car into gear. Silicon Valley launcher Danny Fortson on tech's battle for the road. 2021 is the year. It's the inflection point. There's a bit of a gold rush in the electric car industry, and Apple is obviously looking at that and thinking, well, hey, I think we can do this. Those stories, plus Peloton, anyone. A few at-home workout tips from our team to yours. I tried it once, and they put me through the ringer. Plus, if you get a big treadmill, it can hang a lot more clothes off of it. It's Tuesday, December 22nd, 2020. Let's dance. We only have a three-hour show. We need to move. We need to groove. Squawk Pod begins right now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Mike Santoli. Andrew is off today. To the big story out of Washington this morning, the House and Senate passing a COVID relief bill late last night, alongside legislation to fund the government through the end of September. Diana Olick joins us with the latest. Good morning, Diana. Good morning, Mike. Yeah, after months of delays, disputes, and what seemed like endless debate, Congress finally cleared a $900 billion coronavirus relief package just before midnight last night, and with it, a $1.4 trillion bill that funds the government through the fiscal year. The final vote in the House was 359 to 53. The Senate passed it 92 to 6. Two senators missed the, uh, the vote. Now, it should be on the president's desk at some point, TBD, in the coming week. But in a statement yesterday, the White House said President Trump has pushed hard for months to send Americans badly needed financial relief. We look forward to Congress sending a bill to his desk imminently for signature. The bill puts an end to the uncertainty facing millions of unemployed workers whose benefits are set to expire at the end of this week and to troubled renters who could have faced eviction at the end of this month. It's also a lifeline to small businesses that have been waiting on another round of PPP. The airline industry gets $15 billion and $9 billion goes to the CDC and to the states to help distribute the vaccine. Now, many of the relief measures in this package expire in the spring, and Democrats have already said this is just a bridge to the next administration. So, Mike, stay tuned. Yeah, exactly. And I was going to pick up right on that because we can argue about, you know, the size of this package relative to perhaps what was available before the election, relative to either side's hopes. Uh, but Democrats pretty clear saying that this is, you know, just a step and, and there's going to be more to come. It's unclear, though, uh, given how difficult it was to get this done. Obviously, we have a, a Senate runoff to worry about in terms of figuring out the game plan here. But uh, it's, it's really unclear necessarily if, if there's going to be a lot of follow on, uh, you know, appetite for uh, for more stimulus down the road. Well, I think it's going to depend entirely on the trajectory of the virus, what we see with the vaccine rollout, how many people can get vaccinated and how the economy is faring when we do get to the spring. But you can bet there's 
likely going to be much more on the table when the Biden administration takes over. All right, Diana, thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Apple reportedly trying to produce a passenger a vehicle with its own battery technology. By 2024, shares of the company rising on the news uh, yesterday. Some other names moving on the report, like Velodyne and Luminar, both up more than 20%. They make the vision technology for autonomous driving. Meantime, the shares of Tesla dropped more than 6% during the session. Yesterday was that company's first trading day uh, as part of the S&P 500. So many different facets. Uh, I hope it's not based on Siri, because I'd tell her, you know, I want to go somewhere, and I'd end up, you know, 80 miles out of my way because she'd, you know, misunderstand what I said. The other thing, I mean, are they really going to make their own cars? We, we always thought maybe Tesla or uh, Apple, Apple would Apple. maybe get into this business, but not necessarily set up assembly lines based on its own battery technology. That, that's amazing. Do it by 2024. The most amazing thing that I thought was, so BMW goes electric. Mercedes goes electric, Tesla goes up. Porsche goes electric, Tesla goes up. Apple raises an eyebrow that, that they mm -hmm. might make a car, and that's not the only reason Tesla went down, obviously. But is that, is that no, really the first I, time I you say, get worried? Tesla shares were... I I don't. I, I, Tesla shares were off yesterday before this news hit. They were down like 5%. They're up but that's a lot. Because on Friday, they were up 5 or 6%. You know, right. it was, they were up on getting put into the but index. But is this they the were competition? They were taken out of the index. Finally, but someone... Yeah, I, I, you know, I... It, I, I looked at it and I thought, huh, that's interesting. That might be something that would get me involved in the whole thing. But I, I don't think that's why Tesla shares were necessarily no. well, if down. You don't think, the of why they were down. If you don't think legacy guys have the, technolo you know, the technology yeah. bona fides to, to, to take on Tesla, I mean, you know, Tim Cook's great. But if Steve Jobs was still there trying to do this, I'd, I'd sell Tesla maybe. And I, I'm not, you know, just... Uh, exaggerating, but if, if, that, if that guy got into this and put all of his brain power, remember the late Steve Jobs, you'd think, wow, this car is going to be unbelievable. Yeah, Can Apple still do that? I, I don't mean, know. Apple's here, here's got the, way the cool I think, factor, for sure. Here's the way I would think about it. Tesla is having a market cap above $600 billion is the right. market's way of suggesting that it has to be an enormous pie for whoever is going to be entering it. Uh, it's not going to be, you know, Tesla's doing half a million cars in 2020. I mean, if, if $600 billion makes remotely any sense at all, then it has to be vastly higher than that for everybody, whether Apple makes an operating type system. Uh, I, don't, I don't think anybody can sit, stand aside and say, well, this isn't a market we need to at least consider getting involved in. I think it's a very ambitious uh, you know, four-year uh, lead time to try to become a vertically integrated manufacturer. I'm not sure right. that's what's going on. We don't know any, actually the details of anything that's going on, know. but I don't yeah. think it's Apple versus Tesla as much as it is everybody in a gold rush for this whole segment well, of the Apple, market. Well, Apple, if anybody's got the money to do it, I yes. mean, Apple's got plenty <laughs> right. of dough and, you know, plenty of technological uh, know-how and plenty of buzz, and I'm sure they wouldn't have any trouble... Uh, getting people, even if they tried to raise some money to do it, I, I think they could. So. Well, that's the interesting part, because one, Tesla's massive advantage right now is incredibly low cost of capital, right. given how it can sell stock at these levels and, and raise debt. Now, Apple's maybe one of the few companies right now that has vastly uh, cheaper capital available to it. So we'll see. Yeah, it's just interesting. You just wonder if this is them looking at the Apple ecosphere and just one more way to kind of build out part of your life, because yeah. they do take over the areas they get into. It's amazing. Yep. Have my Apple Music right there. It's all in one bill. You know. Right. It'd be so easy. <laughs> right. Never have to play around with anything else. I just, like I said, Siri, 
you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want her, like, do you, do you ever, do you try, you ever dictate, do you, I, she comes up, I say something that might be the most obvious statement to make to anyone, and I see what she comes up with, and it's like, you really got to work on this AI. I mean, you aren't even close. You aren't even, that does, those <laughs> words together don't exist anywhere oh, so in the universe where it, would make, where it would make sense. Maybe, Maybe Siri's I, a Democrat, Joe. I'm mumbo, I guess. People know that. <laughs> It's not Siri's <laughs> fault. Probably not her fault. All right, sorry. She's not going to see eye to eye with you. Let's talk about Peloton shares. They've been jumping this morning. The company is buying fitness equipment maker Precor for $420 million. Peloton hopes that this will help it speed up production and meet delivery goals. Of course, you probably know Peloton's been struggling to keep up with surging demand for its products during this pandemic. And the shares were actually up on this news. Right now, Peloton shares for the year up by about 450%, but you can see an acquisition like that, and they're up by 7 and a third percent. What do you guys think about that? Um, makes a lot of sense for them to be able to get control of this, but is yeah. this going to be something they need once we get through good. the pandemic? Makes sense. I think they, did, they got all those yeah. other types of... Uh, did, did, you told me you had a Peloton, didn't you? Yeah, I do. You still have it? Yeah, I do. I do. Easy to sell. I, I'll I tell actually you, got on it for about five minutes yesterday. No way. We sold ours. We sold ours. Uh, yeah. crazy. Sold immediately. People, because there's huge lines for people <laughs> trying to get. It was brand new. It was brand new. It had, you know, we had took the clothes that we were hanging uh, off of it. But uh, I want a treadmill. I just, yeah. I do. I just, I just prefer, uh, I prefer that. Yeah. I mean, those people made me stand up, and then that, you know, when you're, I, I tried it once, and they put me through the ringer. I guess Plus, maybe that's why I didn't like it. If you get a big treadmill, it yeah, can like hang a lot more clothes off of it. Yeah, you can. Yeah. You can hang a lot more. The ones that you maybe used, uh, just used on it. Maybe that'll work. Anyway, we, I guess we got to go. Exactly. We don't have time. We only have a three-hour show. We need to move. We need to groove. Next on Squawk Pod, how the $900 billion relief package finally got passed and all the work left to do. Congressman Josh Gottheimer. 30% of small businesses have already gone out in Jersey where I live. Uh, so we've got another round of PPP for our small businesses to help them, which is gonna be critical. We've gotta work together, not just in the House, but with the Senate, when enough of the partisan gridlock and the screaming and the yelling, it's time to get things done for the country. We're back after this. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is Squawk Pod. Good morning. Uh, Mike is just motionless. I am too. Good morning and welcome back. I won't move. You're not you doing start this moving. A bit? You remember that movie? Kevin Klein movie? Yes, I do. Started moving his little <laughs> finger. Next thing you know, he was all, I'd be all over the place. And, and you know what? I got remote, I got mics on where I could get up if I wanted. Uh, I'm not tethered here, so. <laughs> Welcome okay. back to Squawk Box. No, I'm not going to. Welcome back. I saw Elon Musk. And as I said, uh, that's how I feel when I dance. Anyway, welcome back to uh, CNBC. I'm Joe Kernan. Along with Becky Quick and Mike Santoli. You don't dance, do you, Mike? I mean, if, if Not if I can avoid it. How many drinks? <laughs> there was a so time. I go from not, dancing. Not 
I go from dancing to a great benefit of this like, pandemic. No dancing occasions. Yeah, good. I dancing. have to say, I, I'm missing those holiday parties, and I know what my challenge is next year to get you two to dance. <laughs> oh, it's bad. Elaine looks like a good dancer compared to Santoli uh, and me. Anyway, you I, mean, I said I was a bad dancer. I just said I don't. So you have danced. <laughs> we got to go. You, All right. U.S. equity. <laughs> the stalemate is over. This time, Congress has given its stamp of approval to a nearly $900 billion coronavirus relief package, paired with a $1.4 trillion government funding measure. It doesn't go all the way, but it takes us down the path, a first step. A big bipartisan majority of us recognize the incredible amount of good it will do. President Donald Trump is expected to sign it into law in the coming days, just weeks before he will leave office. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin said Americans could receive their stimulus checks in a matter of days. People are going to see this money the beginning of next week. So it's very fast. Uh, it's money that gets recirculated in the economy. So people go out and spend this money, and that helps small business, and that helps getting more people back to work. The relief legislation includes $600 checks for most Americans, a $300 per week unemployment supplement through mid-March, a large pot of money for small business loans, and billions for COVID testing and vaccine distribution. The aid comes after months of delays, and Democrats have called for another package when President-elect Biden takes office in the new year. Here's Joe Kernan. Join us now to talk about how the bill finally came together and what might be next. New Jersey Congressman Josh Gottheimer, Pennsylvania Congressman Brian Fitzpatrick, they're both members of the Bipartisan Problem Solvers Caucus, which helped craft the bill. Um, gentlemen, good morning. Morning, morning. Joe. Is it, uh, we just had two people from different sides of the aisle, more or less, uh, agree that uh, there are things to like for both parties. Do, uh, do you agree with that, Josh? And, you know, you're sort of, uh, you're on a lot because you're, you're definitely more moderate than, than many in your party, but do you, you see things to like here? Uh, I'm not as moderate as you, Joe, but uh, in, a, in a very divided Washington, this is close to a Christmas miracle it's going to get. Uh, we we really, I think, brought both sides together, Democrats and Republicans, obviously, in the problem solvers, but across uh, across the Congress and in the Senate, where we worked with uh, Republicans and Democrats there to, to get this done. And as you pointed out, really, it's it's everything from unemployment support, which is so critical right now as COVID is cases are spiking and people are hurting and 30 percent of small businesses have already gone out in Jersey, where I live. Uh, so we got another round of PPP for our small businesses to help them, which is going to be critical. And everything. then we also got food assistance and vaccine distribution. Uh, so important right now. People are on food lines for the very first time uh, and, and are unable to pay their rent. So we got the rental assistance. And it, it's really, I think, uh, is something to help everybody get through the height of the pandemic here and get us into the next administration and, and into, the, into the next Congress. Uh, Congressman Fitzpatrick. Yes, sir. Um, you know, to echo what Josh said, I mean, it is uh, we had a press conference yesterday about this. It is utterly ridiculous how difficult it is to get things done in this town. Uh, it does not function like any normal aspect of our lives work, our personal relationships, our families, our businesses. Um, and that's what our caucus is about, is about breaking the gridlock, about bringing some reason and common sense and pragmatism uh, and consensus building to Congress. And uh, I'm so proud to be uh, partnering uh, with Josh on the caucus and all of our members. We're at 50 members now, 25 Democrats, 25 Republicans. We're trying to expand and grow that as always. Um, and I can say unequivocally that this deal would not have come together without our caucus. There is no question about it. 
It should have been done months ago. It was not done months ago for all the wrong reasons, for politics, which is unfortunate. But that's what we're trying to um, to break is the gridlock and, and the partisan divide and trying to be that bridge. And uh, there's this is not a perfect bill by any stretch, believe me. If Josh and I had written this bill and put our own bill on the floor, it would not have looked like this. Um, but we follow the motto that we'd rather get 80% of something than 100% of nothing. And Josh is hearing the same thing back home, I'm sure, that I'm hearing. Uh, people are in very, very tough circumstances, not only from a health standpoint, but from an economic standpoint. This expands and continues the PPP uh, for employers and employees. Uh, it, it makes uh, PPP uh, funding tax deductible, which is a huge benefit at the end of the year when these people need it most. Do you think uh, it'll be easier to be, uh, Josh, part of something called Problem Solvers uh, a year from now? Will, will you be working with, uh, with Brian on infrastructure? Will you, do you think we should raise taxes uh, or, or not right away, Josh? Would you, would you be okay if Republicans said, let's hold off until... Uh, we're, we're out of this mess and the, the economy is in better shape. Would that be okay with you? Yeah, I'm not somebody who believes in raising taxes, but I think infrastructure is something that we've got to get right to. And Brian, who's a phenomenal leader, uh, along with uh, the 24 other Republicans that we work with every week in the Problem Solvers Caucus, I think this is the model, Joe, for the next year and, uh, and for the Biden administration. And the, and the president-elect has made that clear that, this, that we've got to work together, not just in the House, but with the Senate, when enough of the partisan gridlock and the screaming and the yelling, it's time to get things done for the country. And the only way you're going to get them done is by doing what people do in their lives every day. They sit down, they talk to each other, they build trust with one another. And, you know, we've got to end this model that's going on now where nothing gets done and, and it's just a bunch of partisan divide. You know, and I, and I really believe this, this particular piece of legislation, which is so critical and so necessary as an emergency short-term relief package, is a model for how we're going to govern in the next administration in the new year. So, Brian, are you ready for big spending if they want to do a lot more, uh, President Biden and, and the Democrats? So you think Republicans are going to sign on to that for either stimulus or infrastructure or both? I mean, they overlap. Yeah, well, it really depends on what it is and what's involved in it. You know, I think uh, everything that we've done up to this point has not been stimulus. It's been relief. It's been trying to get uh, liquidity and access to capital to those that need it most. Uh, we do need a stimulus bill. There's no question about it. I think most people uh, in Congress and most people in the country would agree uh, that infrastructure is a great opportunity to do that because not only uh, the thing with infrastructure, it's, a, it's an economic issue because it's a job creator. It's a national security issue when it comes to IT infrastructure and the electrical grid. Uh, it's a public safety issue when it comes to uh, structural integrity of roads and schools and bridges and dams and levees. Um, and it injects um, cash into the system and creates jobs at a time when we actually need that boost uh, post, uh, you know, coming out of this pandemic. So uh, infrastructure is a very bipartisan issue. It's a job creator. I hope we can find a way to get it done. I actually sit on that committee and we'll be uh, next Congress. So I expect it to be a very active committee. And I think with all this talk about creating jobs and injecting some type of stimulus, not relief, but stimulus, infrastructure and transportation legislation is the way to go. The question is, how are we going to finance it? And that's going to be the debate. I think Brian is, I just want to add, I think Brian is spot on. And I'd add to that, we're going to have to invest more in the beginning of the year in state and local governments that are in real trouble. Uh, many of ours have been hit so hard. Our, our towns, communities, it's affecting uh, law enforcement and firefighters and teachers. So you're going to, this is the stimulus part of what we still need to address, as Brian's talking about, in the new year. I think it's going to be key. Either one of you guys get jabbed yet? Did you get a Did shot? 
Jabbed. What? what are you? Do I need to call it a shot? Aren't you? Uh, you're not Euro. Have either one of you gotten the vaccine? It's a jab. Josh, you gotten it yet? Yes, I, I did get the vaccine. Both of you did. Yeah. You guys. Uh, jump in the line. No, you're essential. We need you guys. Uh, you know, finally. I don't know. The last couple of years, you guys didn't look too essential, but uh, <laughs> you look essential. Congrats, and we're all looking forward to getting it. I mean, that, I was going to ask you about reopening and, and restaurants and all these horrible things that are going on, Josh, these, these terrible arguments we have about how to do things, and the vaccine just takes care of all of it. So we just, hopefully, that, that's going to happen, and um, it just can't get rolled out soon enough. No, no, uh, no issues, no rash, no soreness, no... Um, you know, did you feel like you, you had a flu or a hangover or something or it was no problem at all, Josh? Right? No, it was fine. And uh, I encourage everyone to get the vaccine as soon as they can get it. Really important. Okay. So Same stay you, safe. Bro. All right. Everybody got to in the meantime. We came this far. That's what scares me, the fatigue. Jab. It's called a jab. It's a jab. Did you think I was like a, in Congress, if someone jabs someone, it means something totally different because that's all you guys do. I'm from Jersey. <laughs> Becky will tell you getting jabbed can mean a couple different things. You got to be careful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, uh, Congressman, uh, both. We'll see you again soon. Keep it up. Next on Squawk Pod, Apple is revving its engine to take on Tesla. Danny Fortson of the Sunday Times on how they'll do it and why it actually makes sense. They will want to partner with a third party to do some of the manufacturing. This would fit in the broader theme of what Apple has been doing, you know. We'll be right back. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box. Welcome back to Squawk Box here on uh, CNBC. I'm Joe Kern along with uh, Becky Quick and Mike Santoli. Andrew is off today. Now get ready for the iCar. According to Reuters, Apple is moving ahead with its self-driving car technology and targeting 2024 as the year it produces a passenger vehicle. Joining us now is Danny Fortson, West Coast correspondent for the Sunday Times to talk about uh, this reported effort. Danny, um, give, me, give me a read on this. I mean, the, the logic big picture for Apple having some role uh, in a vehicle, whether it be an operating system, the software, you know, the driving uh, time uh, people have is one where they're not always uh, reachable by an, uh, an Apple device. But what do you see them doing right now? Are they actually going to uh, produce a passenger vehicle? And uh, what would be the strategy there? Well, so I think the first thing to think about is you'd have to go and look at the history here. So if you go back to 19, the 1960s, when Hyundai first came on the scene, since then, there's only been one other company that has become a mass market car maker, and that is Tesla. And the reason is, is because this is really 
hard. And so there are dozens and dozens of companies that have been left on the scrap scrap heap of history um, because, you know, it's just really hard to create a car company from scratch. Um, and it took Tesla 17 years to get good at doing this. Um, that being said, if there's any company in the world who can finance a car company on the side, it is Apple. Uh, now, what that car company looks like, it's still, you know, they're still under wraps. Um, but I think it, from the reports, it looks like they're talking about a consumer, you know, a consumer car like a Tesla. And so that is a very, very heavy lift. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But I guess the only reason it would be more logical or more likely right now would be if Tesla is in fact correct and the people who are fans of Tesla is correct in the sense that it really is much more of a technology product and service. I mean, it's Tesla's software, uh, you know, the, the data that they're gathering, uh, given all the cars on the road uh, and their ability to essentially have these uh, these upgrades. It seems like the distinguishing factor uh, for for a winner in the new environment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, if you look at a Tesla, it, it, it in many ways feels like an iPhone on wheels. And so you can see the logic there. But it is it is going to they're going to have to overcome several hurdles. Um, not least of which is is cost, um, because one of the hurdles for electric cars generally is they're a lot more expensive up front. That being said, uh, the technology, whether it's the battery technology, which is the biggest single cost uh, for, for an electric vehicle, it costs about a third of the overall sticker price. That has come down dramatically, something like 75 percent in the last 15 years. Um, so it is getting to a point that if you talk to people in the industry, 2021 is the year. It's the inflection point where you're going to have a dozen, two dozen cars in the next 12 to 24 months that come onto the scene, electric cars at reasonable price points, many of them. So it does, it, there is a moment here. There's a bit of a gold rush in the electric car industry, and Apple is obviously looking at that and thinking, well, hey, I think we can do this and, and make our mark here. Yeah, and, and you're certainly right that, you know, Apple can can afford uh, to be aggressive in this area. Incredibly low cost of, uh, of financing and huge cash flows that Apple has. However, uh, the, the story has been they're orienting or trying to orient a little bit more away from hardware and be much more about uh, the services, the ecosystem. Do you think that that means that they wouldn't be a manufacturer or uh, are we just, you know, how can we speculate as to what the approach might be here? Yeah, so it looks like they are, they will want to partner with a third party to do some of the manufacturing um, for the reasons previously stated. Um, and this would fit in the broader theme of what Apple has been doing. You know, if you look at their services revenue over the past four years, it's doubled from something like $25 billion to $50 billion a year. And that's really about turning that iPhone in your hand into a cash machine, cramming in all these services that you will subscribe to because... There's only so many people on planet Earth, uh, and they are reaching the limits of that. There's something like 950 million iPhones out there in the wild. So they're squeezing all of the juice out of that lemon. And so the car, where you have all of these technologies kind of coming together and making this possible, is in many ways the next frontier for them. So uh, software is obviously going to be a huge part of that. And presumably, you know, the move toward autonomous has to be, I would think, integral to whatever they might do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, you know, with all of these things, uh, there's a lot of breathless coverage about uh, when we might have truly driverless cars, autonomous cars. 
This, again, is a very, very slow burn. If you look at Waymo, Google's company, they've been working on this since 2009. They have logged millions and millions of hours um, with their driverless cars. And they're still, you know, it's still very much an experiment. And same for Tesla. They have the, the autopilot. But again, this is not fully autonomous. So yeah. that is a huge part of it. But it's going it's, it's to take a while. Yeah, well, take a while for, for anybody. Be interesting to see uh, what, they, uh, what they come out with. Danny, thank you very much. Appreciate Pleasure. it. Now might be a good time, uh, Becky. Somehow we, we got him standing up. <laughs> we got you standing up. I've been dancing the... this whole time, oh, drawing on him. No, no, no. Let's go. Or play it. You're standing. No, you see. You're standing. I'm not going to succumb to peer pressure you like get, this. I'm sorry. You stand. Do, you don't you think of all seat. things that we do that dancing should be the thing that comes from an impulse to do it as opposed to pressure? You, you. Okay, give this song this a little listen and move. see if you. Get him a different song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, this is not the way to. Uh... That's Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for listening and for dancing. If you play that one song from Dirty Dance, and I'll, I'll, I'll well, I'm not going to do it, but that, that gets me going. That one. Um, <laughs> Mike, what do you like? <laughs> Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern. Patrick Swayze. Right, yeah, slide you on your knees that? across the floor. Hey, subscribe to Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts and tell a friend to subscribe too. Woo! Thank you, Santoli. Ballroom. Ballroom, people say. That's what you like. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.